three, two, one, let's go. Okay, welcome back to the Seven Generation Podcast. This is your host, Dr. B. I know it's been a while since my last podcast, so I wanted to check in with everybody and let you know how things are going. I'm still podcasting. I haven't stopped. It's just I've had a lot of things going on with my regular job, the gym, and my hobbies, events that I've been putting on. So I decided to take a little bit of a break, but I'm going to be producing a few more shows throughout the fall and into the winter. For this one, I just wanted to check back in, let you guys know what's been going on. It's been a really busy summer out here in Fresno, California, especially at the gym. We had a big promotion, got a bunch of new blue belts. Congratulations to my blue belts. Yeah. And I promoted Kel, the Greybeard Melton, to his purple belt. He's the first purple belt that I was able to promote along with Joseph as well. Congratulations to them, both of them. And they put in a lot of hard work. So Kale is my very first student, one of my most dedicated students. And I was so excited to be able to promote him and Joseph as well to Purple Belt. They're great examples of what it means to be a martial artist, good people, great training partners. And they really do set the tone for the, the gym with their dedication and their commitment to jujitsu. So congratulations to them. And of course, all the blue belts as well. I have a lot of blue belts at the gym, which is good. The gym is, you know, steadily growing. You know, we're looking to move to a new location. We train in a really small, small place. And it's an industrial area. You can't see it from the main street. In fact, I don't even know how we're able to grow where we're located. But the place has definitely served its purpose for the time being because, you know, throughout COVID, we trained during that time. There were a lot of gyms that were kind of forced to shut down. And we just kind of kept training after the first couple of months of going into shelter in place. We reopened and we never closed. And there were some definitely some lean months. In it. And I will say that I did um, enjoy being able to go to the gym during COVID. And I didn't have the same experiences as others who were stuck indoors. I was at the gym pretty much every single day, either doing, you know, my own private workouts or training jujitsu. And even though, you know, in some days we only had a few people at the gym, I was always around others. So, and I know there were people who were, you know, stuck at home and I know that uh, created a lot of uh, anxiety and even some depression in some people, but I really did enjoy uh, COVID. I I hate to admit that, but I did. I enjoyed working from home. I enjoyed spending time at the gym, and I just didn't experience the same type of um, anxiety that that many others around the country, really around the world, experienced during the the lockdown. So, but the, you know, the gym has kind of served its purpose, at least in the in the location that it's currently at, and I think it's time to move on. So we're trying to find a new spot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hopefully, we can grow a bit. And we can expand. You know, I've always considered it to be the gym to be a hobby. I don't use the gym as my primary income. I have a regular job. I'm a a teacher. I'm a college professor. That's what I do to pay the bills. But I love the gym. And I enjoy what I do there. I love everybody I train with. They're all my friends. I consider them family. And uh, I want to keep it that way. 
but I know if I do move that it'll become a little bit more of a business. And, and so I, that is a concern, but I feel like the place that I'm at just kind of served its purpose. And I think maybe it's just time to, to move on now. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but I'll definitely keep everybody updated on seven generation jujitsu. Big shout out again to everybody at the gym who was promoted all the new blue belts. A uh, big shout out to my good friend Dave, who is um, one of uh, the instructors at Seven Generation Jiu Jitsu, who has kept the morning program uh, going and going and going and growing. And man, he's just uh, he's a machine. And much love and respect to him always, my good friend uh, David Thol. So the gym is doing well. I, I did have a big event that I put together during the summer as well. It was the Yo Cuts Plaza Indigenous Arts Expo at Fresno City College, and we had a really great time with uh, Douglas Miles and a few members from the Apache skateboard team. This event took place on June 25th. It was Saturday, a really hot Saturday in Fresno, California. It's been hot all summer. Actually, the summer started off, it wasn't very hot, the beginning of June, the weekend before the 25th, it was like, I don't know, like 85 degrees. And then it, the temperature just jumped 20 degrees, literally, literally in five days. And so we had this event outdoors. It was really, really hot. Very, very successful event, but definitely incredibly, incredibly hot that day. But I do want to mention some of the people who participated in the event because we are really able to... Um, you know, put together a, a really great group of people who came together to share their art, share their music, to share their talents, to just to have fun, have a good time. And that's really what the Indigenous Plaza, excuse me, the Yokas Plaza Indigenous Arts Expo was all about. Really just about having a good time. And I was really uh, very, very happy with how everything turned out, with the exception of a few things. I don't really want to get get into that on this podcast. Obviously, the heat, it could have been much cooler. I would have appreciated that. But hey, Mother Nature does its thing. You just got to go with it. But there were some other things that came up, like any event that I've ever put together. Nothing ever turns out exactly the way I had it planned. But nevertheless, it was a really fantastic event. Again, we had Douglas Miles, San Carlos Apache with the Apache skateboard team, Ty Thompson, Douglas Miles Jr., and we had John Paul Hodge who came out and played his music. The Pacific Savages Motorcycle Club came out from all over the state of California. We had, I don't know how many members, maybe 70, 80, 100 members came out. Rode through the heat. Now, some of these people, you know, they live in SoCal. They live in in San Diego, or they live up in the Bay Area, where you know we're talking about you know really cool weather. Some of these people came from San Francisco. You know, we're at sixty five degrees, seventy degrees. Rode through a hundred degree weather to come join us here at the Yokuts Plaza Indigenous Arts Expo. So much love and respect to the Pacific Savages Motorcycle Club the best indigenous club out there. And I just have uh, so much respect for all those people. And man, I can't wait to hopefully get them back here in Fresno again. I promise my Pacific Savages brothers that 
Well, next time I invite you all to Fresno, I promise it's going to be much cooler. Um, I'm going to do my best to ensure that y'all don't have to ride through that crazy weather again. Also, big thank you to one of our event sponsors, Vibes and Smiles. They came out from the Bay Area. And it's a tremendous nonprofit organization, always doing really great work in communities throughout California, from Southern California all the way to Northern California, just doing great things. And they were out here in Fresno. Uh, much love and respect to Bobby Von Martin, one of the best Native American artists here in Fresno, along with uh, another great artist, Eric Escovito, who helped put together the um, expo with myself. And he did a lot of work in the Fresno City College uh, space gallery, the art space gallery just looked amazing with uh, Eric's art, with Douglas Miles Sr.'s art in there. It was just absolutely beautiful. If you want to check out some of the pictures, go check out the Yokuts Plaza Instagram. It's basically just Yokuts Plaza. That's the handle. Or you can check out the Seventh Generation Podcast Instagram, Seventh Gen Podcast, and you can see some of the pictures uh, from that event. And yeah, it was just tremendous. Um, we had Lance Canales and the flood. They came out, played their music. Lance is a local native American, uh, musician, blues musician, again, along with John Paul Hodge. Uh, we had the Tachi, uh, Yokuts, uh, dancers, uh, came out youth dance group. They came out, had a bunch of great artists, put their work on display. You had Bobby Von Martin, James Martin, and so many others. The event was just absolutely tremendous. They had a beautiful ceremony with the Pacific Savages uh, to kick off the event in the art gallery with Douglas, with Eric, with uh, some dignitaries from the Native American community. And my good friend, uh, Tawanish Wyatt, big shout out to her and the Wyatt Warrior Society, nonprofit foundation, always doing big, big things in the community. We had some dancers from the mall community who came out. My good friend, Henry and Spence brought out the lion uh, from the lion dance crew. And yeah, it was just a really, really beautiful event. Just, uh, it was really exciting to see, you know, the Tachi Youth Dance Group and all these just amazing people coming together just to have a good time. That's really what the event was about, is to be able to showcase the talents of so many amazing people that we have here in the Valley, but really to have a great time. And that was in conjunction with, again, the Douglas Miles exhibit that Eric Escovito helped put together. It was titled The Apache Declaration of Independence. And again, I hope if you were in the area, I really hope you got to check it out because it was just absolutely beautiful, really tremendous. But yeah, I was really happy with how the event took place or how it um, turned out. And we're going to do it again. We're going to come back and probably going to switch things up a bit. Also, big shout out to my good friend, Kenneth Chacon, who came out and read some of his poetry. If you don't know anything about Kenneth Chacon, He's an amazing poet, Fresno City College professor, one of my colleagues. He's the author of The Cholo Who Said Nothing and other poems. His work is really incredible and just an incredible, incredible poet. 
really lucky to have him at Fresno City College. We had uh, Navajo, Dene skateboarder, Ty Thompson, Apache uh, pro skater, Douglas Miles Jr. Mentioned them already, but just wanted to mention them again. They came out and did some work with the youth here in Fresno. And yeah, it was just a great event. My um, team from 7th Generation Jiu-Jitsu, they had a booth out there. They really helped out. Um, it was really hot. And, you know, they went out and got ice and water. Uh, my good friend, uh, Michael, as well, big shout out to him. He came out and, and man, did a bunch of work uh, at the event. And, you know, much love and respect to you, Michael. I really appreciate all your help. And hopefully, man, I get you on the show one of these days soon because I know uh, you're doing big things with Calterra. And I, I would love to talk to you about it and share with the listeners. So that that event took place on June 25th. And, you know, I've been really busy since. I've you know, been writing a lot, training a lot, and, you know, just staying up with uh, – you know, my hobbies as much as I can with the exception of podcasting. And, you know, I took a break from, you know, the podcast. I I had been really, really busy. And we know I, one of the things about the podcast I have a lot of difficulty with is just, you know, putting out content that I like. Whenever I sit down and I talk to a guest, usually, man, I always love how it turns out. Now, there's been some exceptions. You know, I've done some interviews with people and I've done some podcasts with people, especially during covid I ended up not putting the episodes out because the quality just wasn't very good, the sound quality. So I'm kind of picky. And, and again, I'm a, an amateur at this. I'm, this is not something that, by all means, I'm an expert in. But it's one of the issues I, I've struggled with with the podcast. And really pretty much with everything I do in life is that I'm kind of a perfectionist and I don't necessarily think that that's a healthy thing. I think it's good that, yes, you want to drive, you want to have that drive to be um, good at the things that you want to do. But sometimes it gets in the way from my consistency because I'm like, I don't like this. Uh, This isn't what I want. And I have probably recorded more episodes than I have dropped and deleted them. So I probably have 50 maybe 60 episodes I ended up doing seriously and ended up not, not releasing them just because I didn't like them. But the plan is, is to just do a podcast, not be so critical of it and put it out. And that's one of my goals that I'm, I plan on setting for myself and, and just not be so um, insistent on it being the way that I want it to be. And to be honest with you, even the stuff that I do put out, I, sometimes I reluctantly put episodes out and I'm just like, ah, I don't like how this episode turned out, but I'll release it anyway because it's okay. And there's really, I don't, I can't even think of an episode that I'm like, Oh, I loved it. I loved how this episode turned out with the exception of the episodes that I did with some of my guests. Some of those are, are really great, but even those episodes I'm very critical uh, you know, how I said something or maybe how I sounded and so forth. But I'm trying to get over that. It's an interesting struggle, though. Uh, I really don't like listening to my my podcast. I will. I go back and I listen to them. But when I do, I cringe. And it's really, you know, frustrating process. So that's just to kind of give you some insight into my psychology a bit and maybe why, you know, I needed to kind of take a break. 
But we're going to get back to it. We're going to release some episodes here in the coming months and have hopefully some good guests on the show as well. Uh, I do want to mention um, uh, Kale as well. He got his purple belt. I already mentioned that. But he did come out and he supported the event as well. And um, really thankful, very, very thankful, not just from for having a good friend like Kale, but really my entire seven-generation team. And those guys and ladies, they really do step up. When I ask them to step up and – yeah, so I'm just really appreciative of those friendships that I have and that team. So I wanted to end the show with talking a little bit about a topic that is of interest to me. And, and I, I would say I have a um, a lot of thoughts on this that have been kind of going around in my mind. And I thought I would just kind of share them. I'm not going to – I don't have any notes – on this at all just wanted to talk a little bit about rat race culture now i just mentioned just how i have struggled with putting out episodes and i want things to be perfect and and i think this is kind of part of this rat race culture that we live in you know there's sometimes where i feel like i don't have the time to really invest in putting together a great podcast so i'm just like you know forget it i'm not going to do anything I don't necessarily feel like that's really the best way to do things. I feel like this rat race culture that a lot of us get sucked into, and I will admit, I, I have been sucked into it. I don't necessarily think it's very healthy. And I know there's like a lot of sayings like, oh, we got to be out there grinding. We got to be out there hustling. Got to get your hustle on. And I understand that, you know, nobody's going to go out there and pay your bills. Nobody's going to go out there and do the things that need to get done for yourself. You got to go out there and do it. You got to go out there and handle business. I completely get that. But sometimes we get so caught up in the rat race that we lose sight of, you know, the important things, community, our friendships, our family. And those are some of the things I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about our culture here in the United States. It's very individualistic. I've been doing a lot of reading about American culture and its individualistic roots and thinking a little bit about this idea of freedom and really what does that mean to most of us? You know, the idea of freedom is this abstract idea. You know, freedom for me can mean something completely different than somebody in another country. But the United States, and there's a lot of studies on this, that tends to be a very hyper-individualistic country to have honor and in the U.S. sometimes means that you you have to be out there hustling, you have to be self-sufficient, you have to be a trailblazer, you have to be individualistic, and so forth. And I think that there's some positives, by all means, in that culture if you believe in things like wealth and money and growing your wealth and growing your portfolio, then obviously rat race culture is something you're going to buy into. But is it really healthy for us? You know, I talk to my colleagues and you know they often speak of, well, I don't really sleep much during the semester and you know I'm only getting four hours of sleep because I'm upgrading. I'm up answering emails or I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I don't necessarily look at that as a badge of honor, even though I think that's, that's what rat race culture wants us to, 
to, to do is to look at, you know, I'm a hard worker. I'm not sleeping. I'm out there hustling. I'm working. And that's seen as something of importance or seen as a badge of honor, if you will. And I think that's a, a bullshit culture that we've all bought into. Or I shouldn't say all of us, but many of us have bought into, including myself. And I think um, I, one of the things that I struggle with, and I struggle with this all all the time, is just being able just to relax and enjoy an afternoon and not really do anything and feel okay with that. And when I do, sometimes I feel lazy. If I do, if I stay home on a Saturday or a Sunday, I don't go into the gym or if I just relax on a Sunday afternoon, I don't do anything productive or what I would consider to be productive, doing some work, doing something for the podcast, something for the gym, something. If I'm not doing something, uh, at the end of the day, sometimes I just feel bad about it. And I feel like I'm being lazy. And that's, you know, part of this rat race culture. We get so sucked into this idea that I always got to be busy. I always got to be doing something. I always got to be out there hustling. I always be on this come up that it's almost like we can't even relax and just enjoy life. And I'm not, um, you know, saying that, you know, you shouldn't be out there hustling. You shouldn't be out there you know, grinding at times, we're going to, we have to, we live in a capitalistic society. There's no way around it. You have to go out there and hustle. You have to work. Can't just decide. I'm just going to check out of this world. We live in a capitalistic society. That type of society is centered around individualism, making your way, not waiting for somebody else to, to help you. You got to help yourself. And again, I'm saying that's all bad. If you believe in that culture, then you, you're going to like this notion of rugged individualism. But that type of culture also takes us away from our family, takes us away from our community. It always pits one of us against each other. We This rat race culture, I think, promotes just you know endless competitions between each other, between communities, between groups of individuals. And I'm not saying all competition is bad. You know, I love competing for fun against, you know, my friends when, you know, whatever. Jiu-jitsu is very, very competitive. But I always try to remind my students, you know, this is all we, we're not always, we're not competing here at the gym. You know, it's not about competition. Like, I'm better than you. I'm going to tap this guy out, you know, five times or I'm not going to get tapped out. That's just egotistical nonsense. And I try to implore them. A lot of it is about being better. But when you go to a competition, yeah, I want my students to win. I want them to do well. And to be prepared to do that, you have to sacrifice. You have to definitely be doing the things necessary to be competitive. And that's what, you know, rat race culture kind of teaches us. That you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice maybe things that you want to do so you can get ahead. And that's pretty much what I've done my entire adult adult life. And, and I've come to that realization that it's not really a healthy thing. It really isn't. 
I don't really want that type of life for my kids. You know, I went to school and I was talking to my students the other day. They were asking about my PhD and what I, um, you know, thought of graduate school and whatnot. And I hadn't really thought much about graduate school. And, and I started thinking about it. And I was like, dang, it was just hard. <laughs> it was just really, really hard. And while everybody was out there living their lives and doing things and having fun, you know, I was stuck. I, and I shouldn't say I was stuck because I really wasn't stuck. I made that choice. I made that choice just to be in the library, to constantly be reading, to constantly be doing research and working at the same time. I had a full time. There was at the end of my graduate tenure, I was working full time. I was trying to finish my dissertation and I was working overtime and I was training jujitsu all at one time, I honestly think back, I'm like, man, how did I do this? I didn't sleep. I never took time off. Even during the holidays. I remember during the holidays, that was the time where I really got caught up on things that I was behind on. A lot of my research, a lot of my writing. So I spent my holidays while everybody's having fun, hanging out, family members are getting together. Now nah, I'm in my office working. I'm you know, trying to make my way in this world trying to finish my degree, trying to, to come up and do the things I wanted to do as an individual. And I look back at it and I just like, I wouldn't really wish that life on anybody. You know, for me, I have, I don't regret it, but what I do regret is not taking just a little bit of time just to smell the roses. You know, I lived up in Oregon and I went to graduate school there and I never had any fun up there at all. Rarely did I just go out and go for a hike or go for, I did a lot of walking I walked from where I used to live to to campus. I did a lot of walking around campus. But Oregon's like an outdoor type of culture there, and I just didn't do anything outdoor. I'm an outdoor person. I grew up in the country, and I love being outdoors. I grew up camping, grew up hiking, fishing, all that. I didn't do any of that. And I was just stuck, just grinding every single day. And that's part of that rat race culture that, you know, we get sucked into. It's about, again, being an individual, thinking about your own come up. And it really is the opposite of a collective culture. And I think we need to inject some of that collectivity into American culture, back into American culture. Prior to to the arrival of Europeans, Native Americans were very collective. It was about the community. It was about the family. And I don't mean your immediate family, you, your wife, and your kids. It was your family was everybody around you. Your neighbors were your family. The people who lived in your community, that was your family. It was family and community above you. In a rat race culture, it's the individual above everybody. Everybody's in competition. Nobody's your friend. That's kind of a sad, pathetic culture that we live in. Does it produce wealth? 100%. Rat race culture, individual cultures here in the United States, like the United States. The United States, by the way, studies have backed this up. You know, sociologists out there who have learned how to measure culture pretty much all agree that American society is the most individualistic society. And these societies tend to produce a tremendous amount of wealth. So if you're a wealth seeker, then obviously you're going to want to come to the United States because that's what we're about. But it wasn't always like that here on this land. 
And you can kind of see what just rugged individualism does to people. It creates all kinds of anxiety, depression. You know, I can't even relax without feeling bad about myself. What the hell is that all about? So just something I've been thinking about, something I wanted to talk a little bit about, something I wanted to share with my listeners. Got to be careful not to get too caught up in this rat race. Because what I'm learning as time goes on is that work, as much as I love it, as much as I enjoy reading, as much as I much as I enjoy sociology and all the the fruits that I've enjoyed of my my academic labor, which I um, am so thankful for by all means. That nothing beats time with your family, nothing beats time with your friends, enjoying life and having a good time and not always working, not always thinking about the next hill to climb. So just some thoughts. You know, my friend, my good friend Joe, you know, he took me to uh, Yosemite, which is Miwok territory, and we went on a a 10-mile hike up there. I think it was close to 10 miles. And it really killed me, killed my legs. I hadn't been on a, a good hike like that in a while. And it just gave me a whole new perspective, a perspective that I had before. When I say whole new, just a, a whole new perspective that I hadn't had in a while, I should say. And it was just a really beautiful experience. Just want to say thank you, Joe. Appreciate you for, you know, taking me out there. And I was in a lot of pain on the way back. You know, I started, my legs started to cramp up. And I was about, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile from the car. My legs cramped up. I just kept on walking and cramping away. And then I was like maybe 10 yards away from the top. And my, my legs just gave out. But it was great. And it was just great to be outside, just hanging out with the good people. And to not be thinking about work, to not be thinking about all the bullshit that comes with living in a modern world. And I think we need to do more of that. A little more decompressing, a little more relaxing. Uh, There's probably some people maybe do a little too much of that. And, you know, there's time and, and place definitely for rugged individualism. Many of us, we don't have a choice. We just got to go out there and we got to hustle. But man, if you're one of those people that's just so caught up in the come up, so caught up in money, you're going to burn out and you're going to come to the end of your life. And I'm not saying I'm coming to the end of my life, but you know, the better part of my life is behind me. And that's something I thought about when I went on that hike. I'm like, you know, there's going to come a time when I can't do this, when I'm not going to be able to go and hike to this beautiful place where very few people can make it to. And check out this incredible view. I won't be able to watch it on TV or on YouTube or something. So, something to think about. Something I wanted to talk about to end the show. Again, to all my listeners, to to people who have spent time listening to the 7 Generation Podcast, thank you so much. So many of you have reached out to me, have told me how much you like the show. 
and how much the show has impacted your thinking on on certain topics. And I, I really do appreciate it. I know my show isn't very focused on one particular topic or one particular issue. And, you know, I violate all the rules for podcasting success. You know, my podcast is just whatever it is I want to talk about. I run into some interesting person. I'm like, man, let's sit down and talk. That's what my podcast is. Just a little piece of me here and there. And a lot of interests, a lot of things that excite me. And that's the way it's going to be. That's the way the Seven Generation Podcast is going to be. So, you know, there's going to be some episodes. Some people are going to listen to like, yeah, what is this shit? I don't have no time for this. There might be some episodes that you really like. But, I mean, I love podcasting. I love being able to share just some of my ideas and thoughts about the world. And and I love talking to people. I love talking to interesting people and sitting down and sharing a conversation. And I think that we need to do that more. Rat race culture takes us away from all that. People have time to talk. I have time to talk. I'm out there hustling. We need to spend more time talking to each other. Most of us, we just talk at each other or we don't talk to each other at all. So that's it. Seven Generation Podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate all my friends and my family that support me in all the crazy stuff that I do in my life. And There's all kinds of crazy things that I do that I have done that I enjoy doing. Much love and respect to my mono brothers up in San Jose, Shark City. I love y'all. You guys are great, man. It's the whole Pacific Savages empire. To all the brothers, appreciate you. Appreciate your hard work. And to my seven-generation family, seven-generation jiu-jitsu, appreciate you all. And Man, let's go out there and um, do our best on September 10th at the Copa. Go out there and smash. This is it. Seven Generation Podcast. I'm back. Peace.